Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome back to The Ralph Report. So very pleased that you've decided to join us today. I think you've made an excellent choice. We've got a hell of a show lined up for you today. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But first, let's get the introductions out of the way. I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. And sitting here in the Batcave with me is... The one and only Odegaard. You may know him better as Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo ho, Eddie. Yo ho, indeed. <laughs> What's going on, Pence? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Sure. Same old, same old. Ins- How you doing? Insurrection. Insurrection. Mutiny, larceny, <laughs> all the other E's. Old Eagles head coach getting booted out the door. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to uh, announce it right now. Oh, but I'm sorry. This will be my last uh, Ralph report here. Um, this is the last episode we're going to be doing because I will be accepting a new position. <laughs> As the head, oh, I didn't know they offered it to you. Of the, well, they haven't yet. Oh, oh, okay. But the Philadelphia Eagles football organization should be making the phone call any time now. Right. So I'm preemptively retiring from the Ralph Report just to free up my schedule, so that when they call, I'll be able to get right into uh, you know what, just the X's and, and O's, as we call them in the coaching business, might, Eddie. I want to do a wait and see. I don't ah, know if you want to just. It's a, it's a slam dunk. It's a foregone conclusion. Who better to take the reins? Well, are you going to do Hertz or, or Wentz? You got a lot of... I got to see what they have. Some... I'm, they're going to get a competition. We'll have an off-season competition. We'll get there in preseason, right. and we'll see who uh, who right. flings the old rock around the best. That, that's basketball, that, isn't that, it? That team... Whoever throws the best egg. Tosses it around the horn? That's right. That's baseball. Oh, okay. Whoever chucks the old pigskin, there we go. <laughs> best. They'll get the nod from me as new head coach of the Philadelphia. You got your work cut out for you with that team. Yeah. Well, I, I think we got we got some players. It's, you know, it's all about the culture. That's yeah. what I'm going to say in my opening address to the team. It's about the culture. It's the culture. And I think I've built a winning culture here on the Ralph Report. You have. You've, you've, you've got some good stuff going. Look at the Garmy. response the, of the Garmy, how they have uh, shown up in such a big way with so much dedication and love and focus and passion. Yeah. That kind of you have the respect for sure. That kind of energy that I'll be creating in the locker room there at the Lincoln Financial right. Field. So, Good thanks everybody. Thanks for uh, hanging with me, and uh, we'll talk to you. Uh, I guess after our first Super Bowl, I'll be uh, checking. <laughs> oh, you're everybody. calling the shot already? Yeah, All right. absolutely. Um, <laughs> but seriously, folks. <laughs> I think you have truly turned into a, uh, tuned in rather, to a good show today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, we got lots of good stuff. It's Mm -hmm. Tuesday. And on Tuesdays, we always take a look at one of your favorite TV theme songs on TV Tunes Tuesday. Good one today. Classic of animation. Mm. So we'll be talking about that in a little bit. We got entertainment news. We got your phone calls. We got a ton of show today. And I think at the end of it all, you'll have a smile on your face and hopefully... Uh, a bulge in your pants <laughs> or or some moisture, depending on what. Yeah, not everybody gets a bulge. Depending on which uh, genre, not genre, gender you uh, you happen to be. Yeah. Stop guaranteeing. Guaranteeing some movement down there in the nether regions. <laughs> now, what kind of movement it is, that comes down to you. And why, you may ask? Well, because from time to time, something catches my eye in the news that's of a uh, sexual nature. Mm. And although on Thursdays usually is when we reserve our sex university class, sometimes it's just worth talking about because it's sex in the news. Sex in the news. And this sex in the news comes all the way back full circle to us here on the Ralph Report. Yeah. Had these people listened to the Ralph Report for as little as 15 cents a day, mm-hmm. I could have saved them a world of hurt. <laughs> how? I'll tell you how. Please. Uh, this is in the news. These are words you never want to hear, Eddie Pence. What? You never want to see someone you at sending you a text or an email that starts off with this statement. Your cock is mine now. 
your cock is mine now. No. Which I think was also... Not in a text. It was either a, a Brothers Grimm story or it was a porn <laughs> movie. I can't remember where that title 50, came 50. from. 50-50. Yeah. Your cock is mine now is the message <laughs> that several men received from internet hackers Oof. who had locked their internet-connected chastity cages. Now, we talked about this. We did this. talk about this. We talked yes. about this last year. We talked about this brand-new high-tech chastity cage that goes on your testicles and right. your penis and locks them away just for the owner to, to right. use, not you. And you, I was, you give up control of your penis at that point. And I was adamant this is a terrible idea. You were not down with no. the, uh, the cock cages. No, for one, this is one of the reasons in particular. Well, apparently, and we mentioned at the time that they were there was a flaw in the security system. Yeah. But here's let me, a quick explanation, in case you weren't with us last year when we talked about this. These uh, chastity cages... And we talked about this on Sex University. These are devices that men put their penises and or testicles into, mm -mm. and then they hand over the key ordinarily to their beloved, nope. male, female, who's usually a dom, dominatrix, yeah. or a uh, dominant. <laughs> or a Deloise. <laughs> or a Deloise. <laughs> or an Herrera. Um, and then that only that person can free your penis for whatever business you choose to do right. with your penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a high-tech one. Wherein the owner of your penis has an app on their phone nope. and then can lock or unlock the cage via the interwebs. It's a huge mistake. Now, there was a security glitch, <laughs> let's call it, <laughs> uh -huh. that allowed hackers to get in there and to permanently lock the cage, no longer giving access to the app to unlock it. Only they could lock it, unlock it from their end. It's insanity. And so these men were the recipients of messages from a hacker Demanding a ransom, Eddie Pence, in order to release their penis. To free their penis. Yes. Now, there's no way to get this this cage. There's got to be a way to get this cage physically off of your growing area. I suppose if you had a diamond tip drill or something along those lines, or some some. There's got to be a safe, like, a safe hatch, a safe uh, an escape <laughs> pod or something for your dick. You can't just... Yes, you put your penis in an escape pod. <laughs> and jettison it away from you. No, I believe there was a physical reach around. <laughs> I'm sorry, workaround. <laughs> that involved, but having to get inside of it and some wiring and stuff. It was very complex. Oh. It wasn't as simple. There wasn't just a, a ripcord. Because if you had that, Eddie, that would defeat the purpose of the chastity cage, wouldn't it? I get it, it, but there's got to be at some point, if, like, enough is enough. Let my dick If go. I know that I have dick freedom waiting around the corner, if I just pull a pin or something, then I'm not going to be a good submissive. I'm not going to be at the mercy of my dominant. Uh, well, then this person deserves having their dick locked up forever. Yeah. Apparently, uh, one victim who asked to be identified only by his first name. Oh. Wonder why. Robert said he received a message from the hacker demanding a payment of point, excuse me, 0 0.02 Bitcoin. Oh. Which apparently translates into seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, oh, Bitcoin in, itself in is money. like forty grand. One Bitcoin itself is like forty grand right now. That was the uh, demanded payment in order to unlock the device. Oof. He realized his cage was definitely locked, and he could not gain access to it. Said Robert. Now, can you pee while it's in there? Yes, there, okay. there's a there's a there's a hole at the at the end there. Most of them have it that way. Some don't. We went through. We went through every possible I, I don't kind of we, penis I, I, I cage. I don't know if we had the pee hole or not. I didn't know if we had some a pee have hole. the pee hole. Okay. Uh, fortunately, I didn't have this locked on myself while it happened. Robert said afterwards. So hmm. apparently, it was sitting somewhere and it was closed. And then this hacker locked it and well, said, "I've got your penis." He's now. being a bad submissive. I guess so. Well, maybe it wasn't time. You don't know. Uh, another victim named R.J. Hmm. said in an online chat about this. Uh, this. At ransom demand. Yeah. He was also the victim. I wasn't the owner of the cage anymore. Oh. So I didn't have full control over the cage at any given moment. I would love to know the backstory behind that relationship. Did he put it on eBay? Where did he sell <laughs> did it? Did he put it on someone else? So <laughs> wear this for a while for me, will you? I got to let mine breathe. <laughs> oh. So anyway, what we're saying is don't use this no. particular, uh, this chastity device get the old lock and key get the old if you got a old chain go old school not always not newer newer is not always better no it's not and sometimes we shouldn't make accessible to the internet things that should remain hands right. hands on especially an intimate thing like your your dom submissive shit yes just just get a key yeah put it around your neck and 
That's more. That's that's hotter anyway. Like seeing the key there. I would of, think so. An app. Yeah. But I guess that it's it's better for long distance relationships and things like that. You know, if you're not in physical proximity with each other, then this this internet lock was probably an, an attractive mm. idea to some people. I suppose. So anyway, Kui, uh, I want to say the name is, oh. or she is the China-based manufacturer of the device. Yeah. It's called the Cellmate, as a reminder. Uh-huh. Don't uh, buy into the Cellmate. No, don't. They did not respond for a request for a comment to this particular story, mm-hmm. but uh, ransomed penises <laughs> in the news. You mentioned Bitcoin, by the way. Yeah. And I had this conversation with a friend over the weekend. Mm-hmm. How does that work? I don't. This, this Bitcoin is nothing. It's nothing. It's not backed by anything. It has no. no inherent value. They have these Bitcoin farms, which are like these giant rooms of computers that go around looking for in bits of coding that are there, and it adds up to a Bitcoin, from what I can understand. And one Bitcoin itself, right now, is like forty grand, and it's jumped up like. I heard it's going through the roof. Like twelve thousand dollars in the last three weeks. That's the reason the conversation started is because she had a a a child, a son, a child. He's 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 a kid. You (laughs) know, he's like he's he's a teenager or something. Anyway, she found out that he had all this money because years ago he invested in Bitcoin, and now all of a sudden it's it's gone through the roof. Like literally, like four years ago, you probably get a bit. I got a Bitcoin for. 20, 30, but I mean, I don't know what it was back then when it first came out. It was not much, but now one Bitcoin is $40,000. But let me, but it doesn't exist. Question (laughs) If it doesn't exist, how does it translate into real currency that can actually be used to purchase goods and services? I, I don't know. All right. It's all, it's all internet. This is useless. It's all internet stuff. I'm not asking you But our money is not based on anything anymore. We're not on the gold standard. But it has been universally accepted. We've made an agreement as a society. And that's all this is on This currency has X value and is worthy of these many goods or these many services. But it's the same idea, but on the internet with cryptocurrency. But I'm not talking about, if you had, if you started Eddie Bucks, (laughs) all right, if you came along with a handful of Eddie Bucks, and you said, I'll give you these Eddie Bucks. I and I decided, well, I want some Eddie Bucks, so I'll give you a car wash. If you give me six Eddie Bucks, I'll wash your car. Then we've got a... It's 12 Eddie Bucks. Is it 12 yes. now? It's gone through inflation. Um, then we've made an agreement right. that we both are going to accept this as something worth having. What I don't understand is how can you take Bitcoin and then translate it into cur- American currency dollars... And say that there's of equal value there because if you've got Bitcoin, yeah, I tell you to go stick it up your ass because I don't want Bitcoin and I don't care about Bitcoin. But so if, how does it have value? If people are accepting Bitcoin as currency, then your currency has value. All right, we got to get someone on. I'm sure someone has more. Someone out there in the garden. Really, you think someone has more knowledge than you? <laughs> That's I don't know. Hey, you're setting that bar you know pretty the high. You know what you're talking about either. You said I. I'm not claiming I do. I didn't claim to know. I I'm did. the guy asking the questions. I said I have an, a, 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 a vague someone's, idea. Someone's got to know more than me out there. <laughs> you're setting the bar pretty high, Ed. I have a friend who owns like a half a bitcoin. Well, I don't want to talk to them either because I guarantee. I guarantee. I guarantee. They don't know much more than you do. There must be a member of the Garmy, I'm however, sure there is. who has some substantial information regarding the cryptocurrency market and who can explain to us what the serious fuck. Yeah. Our new section, what the serious fuck. <laughs> I wish I had a Bitcoin. I'm going to get some now. I didn't know that there's money to be made. It's money to be made right now. I'm going oh, to, as soon as I'm done coaching the Eagles. <laughs> You should ask your contract to be all Bitcoin. That's what I'm doing. Pay me in Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, don't lock your penis up is the moral of the story to bring us full circle again. (laughs) And that's today's Sex in the News. Sex in the News. All right, let's turn our attention to something that does have inherent value. Mm. The Garmy. Oh, that's true. Every single member of the Garmy has exceptional value. Very true. They're worth thousands of Bitcoin. I don't know about thousands. In my eyes. That's a lot of Bitcoin. In my eyes. They're invaluable. They are priceless. And we love it when you reach out to us. You can do it via email, on social media, or as many of you choose to do, you can leave your messages on the Ralph Report hotline. It is a voicemail receptacle for your dreams and your wishes and your thoughts and Mm. your prayers Mm -hmm. and your comments and your questions. I listen to every single one of them. All you got to do is dial up the phone number. It's pretty simple. 1-833. Hello. 
I sit down. <laughs> I go through them. It's like a, it's like a Bitcoin farm, only it's a voicemail farm. Right. Yes. And I get my hoe out and my tractor, and I dig them all up. I harvest what, them. What's your hoe's name? <laughs> <laughs> Not going to answer that. How much that. Bitcoin do you give your hoe? And then uh, I pick a handful of them that catch my ear, and we put them here in a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The garbage's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now and see what's on your mind. Blah, 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 blah. Starting off, speaking of how valuable the Garmy is, how much inherent value they have, mm-hmm. here's Elena with a little call of love. Hi, Ralph. Yo ho, Eddie, and greetings to the crew. Um, Elena, four-star from San Diego, just really wanted to call in to share my appreciation of all of you, um, in, including the Garmy and everyone who contributes to the show. I've actually been listening since day one, um, and I realized since we're getting very close to the anniversary of when you started that I don't think I've ever really called in to say thank you to everyone for just contributing, being funny, being kind, supporting one another, um, and really just making my daily listen that much better, uh, especially coming out of that dumpster fire that was 2020. It's very much appreciated. So really, this message is for everyone, and a big thank you and a socially distant hug. Okay, love you, mean it, bye. Thank you, Elena. How sweet nice. is she? So nice. Been there since the beginning. Wow. Wouldn't We're close to the three-year anniversary. The right 22nd, wow. next Friday, wow. will be the three-year anniversary of the Ralph Report. Wow. Doing it for three years. That's nuts. It is crazy. And uh, Elena, since you've been there since the beginning, I'd like to apologize <laughs> for the early shows, but also thank you for sticking with us uh, through our growing pains to where we are today. And I think we were pretty damn good. If I do say so myself. I think we do all right. I think we're worth uh, 0.01 Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, maybe I should just let people subscribe with Bitcoin There now. you go. You could be a Bitcoin farm. I could. Um, Elena, thank you so much. And you're absolutely right. The Garmy makes this show, and they're remarkable, and we love them. And they love us, too, for the most part, except sometimes. What happened? When Eddie may make a mistake or not. How'd I make it? What'd I do? Well, yesterday we were talking about uh, General Hospital. We were talking about General <sighs> oh, Hospital. And uh, the character played by John Riley on that show, he was a spy. Yeah. And he was a retired spy, and he knew Robert Scorpio, right. who I loved on General Hospital. Robert Scorpio was a spy who worked with Luke and Laura. And uh, Eddie Penn said, oh, yeah, he's the guy with the patch on I his eye. I got him all confused. And I said, no, that guy with the patch wasn't from General Hospital. And Eddie said, right, he was on All My Children. Oh, boy. Hey, Ralph, had to stop the show to tell you that Patch was from Days of Our Lives. What number of caller am I to tell you this? 74? Yeah. Mm. I'm sure I'm close. Okay, LMB. I wish 74. You were about one, the 174th Jesus person. Jesus H. Christ. Patch was a beloved character from Days of Our right. Lives, Eddie Pence. I haven't watched those since the 80s Not when I was like nine. All My Children. Well, you said, oh, well, Patch. Oh, that's right. He was on All My Children. Well, it had to be what, Young and the Red. One of those fucking shows. See, and here's the problem is that I've stopped listening. So stuff flies right by me, and I just go, yeah, okay. Or he must, he's saying it with such conviction, he must be right. Well, and it matter? keeps burning me over and over. Well, it does. If you're going to say something, mm. you gotta, you got to be right. That's all I'm saying. You could have said, oh, what the soap opera was he on? I don't remember. Passions. He was on Passions. No, he was on none of those. Stop saying things <laughs> significantly wrong and saying they were convicted yeah i didn't go knots landing or something like that then say oh he was on another soap opera but don't say oh that's right he was on all my children because then i get 174 (laughs) calls that say patch was not on all my children dumbasses and i'm the guy who let it who who, who wasn't the backstop i didn't stop it and someone in the crowd got hurt with a fly ball (laughs) that's your fault then yeah it's wrong yes and i'm sorry it's your fault it is, because I'm supposed to be the uh, the wrangler of all the stuff that happens on this show. I throw wild pitches, you're supposed to catch them. I know. Uh, we're talking about Superman music. Hey, maybe it was uh, last week. Yeah. Talking about how uh, all the Superman songs suck balls. Suck, suck balls. Yeah. Uh, this person took exception. Oh, that. no. Yeah. Hello, Ralph, Eddie, and the rest of the crew. Um, one of the last week's episodes, you talked about how there's no good song that talks about Superman or that has Superman in it. That's true. And I just have to I disagree with that. One of my favorite songs, one of the most relevant songs to our times right now is Land of Confusion by Genesis. 
And it has my favorite music video that's so such a trip. So yeah, there's a good song with Superman in it. Bye. Now listen. Land of Confusion. I do like the song. It that's is a good, good song. song. But they just song. have a mention of Superman. It's not a song about Superman. That's my point. This yes. is Land of Confusion, if you're not familiar. Ooh, Superman, where are you now? Yeah, that's it. That's all the mention they yeah. give. Yeah. But songs that have Superman as the main theme or a story about Superman Suck. are awful. <laughs> and I will prove that scientifically <laughs> after your phone calls. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, speaking of music, we like to kick the show off with happy music, peppy music, something with zip in it, just to start your day off a little better than, uh, than it might otherwise go. We call them happy hits. Here's today's request. Hey, Ralph Cohen with a happy hits request. These are days by 10,000 maniacs. I mean, how can you go wrong? You got Natalie Merchant's beautiful voice and some ridiculously positive, uplifting lyrics. So, yeah, play it. That song has a great message. Yeah, it is. Which is, we spend so much time thinking about the past yeah. and having nostalgia for times that have gone by right. or worrying about the future that you don't recognize that the moment you're living in right now, as bad as it may right. seem, there's something going on right now that you will look back on and right. say, oh, that, that, those were great times. The present is a present. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you write songs? That's... <laughs> That's really poetic. That's beautiful. Yikes. Thanks, everybody who called in. <laughs> Truly appreciate it. You guys are the best. You, too, can be featured in this Garmy on the Line segment. But you know what you got to do? You got to call me.
That, of course, is the great John Williams theme yeah. from the movie Superman. That's the best song about Superman. And I would argue that's the last good piece of music <laughs> written about Superman. I agree. Because, as we've said on the show before, every other song about Superman sucks. Hot garbage. Yes. So I'm going to now go through the top 10. Oh, there's that many? Worst Superman Ooh. songs ever. They're all bad. Oh, of course. But these are ranked from less bad to most bad. All right. From least sucky. To the worst. To the most suckiest. Most the suckiest. Yes. So let's start off with number 10, The Spin Doctors. And the only reason this song is the least sucky of them is because it's from Jimmy Olsen's point of view. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. Because Jimmy Olsen has the, a crush on Lois Lane, yeah. and he's bemoaning the fact that he's got to compete with Superman. It's called Jimmy Olsen's Blues by the Spin Doctors. That's okay. I can listen to that. It's not, it's no uh, Two Princes or whatever their hit was. No, but it's, it sounds similar. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's exactly the same. Um, <laughs> these are all just the ones done by artists that you know of, by the way. There's yeah. another hundred songs by wannabe acts out really? there that have super. Yeah, I did a deep dive Ooh, into Superman. Poor you. Pop music today, and it's not good. <laughs> this one, even big time bands, bands that have had massive careers and hits are not immune to the Superman curse. Here's R.E.M. They don't even sound into it. They, well, first of all, R.E.M. I know people like them. But they're just a, just whiny bitches, in my opinion. <laughs> Dude. And that song sounds like the worst Superman musical ever. Right? It's like, like a the opening grade, number. It's like a fifth grade musical. I am Superman. <laughs> sucks. I know everything is happening. It, it sucks. <laughs> so does this one. If I go crazy Three doors down. Yeah, the they played that for oh my god constantly for like two years. The nightmare. Oh, it's awful, and it never got any better. No, so that's uh, that sucks. But it's not as sucky as poor Bon Jovi. Bon, bon Jovi. Jovi. Yeah, Bon Jovi's got a Superman song called Superman Tonight. However, not as bad as Chris Daughtry's song, Waiting for Superman. Right. You familiar with Daughtry? Yes. Here's a little Daughtry <laughs> with Waiting for Superman. As I mentioned, big-time acts, not immune to the Superman curse. Imagine you're one of the great rock bands of the 1960s. Uh, two brothers, Ray and Dave Davies, made up the kinks. Mm. Such smash hits as All Day and All the Night. Yeah. Girl, you, uh, you Really Got Me, right? Um, 
Uh, what other hits they have? Uh, Lola, of course, yeah. so many hits. They had an ill-advised <laughs> foray into disco. Oh, no. That resulted in, oh, I God. wish I could fly like Superman. It's like a Yo Gabba Gabba song. It's a nightmare. Oh. But uh, it only sucks slightly less than our next <laughs> song, which is from country star Keith Urban. Oh, no. And this sucks more naturally because it's a country song. <laughs> so here's, It's already starting in the hole. Here's Keith Urban's Superman. When I was with That sounds like... Carly J Ray Jepsen, or like one of those girl singers. Yes. <laughs> that doesn't even sound country. It's just garbage. Don McLean. You know Don McLean, oh, right? Course, bye course. bye, Miss American yeah. Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Right. Those good old boys <laughs> yeah. drinking whiskey and rye. I heard. Singing, This will be the day that I die. <laughs> yes, this will be the day that I die. His biggest smash hit, of course, he's forever known by that song. And that success made him so bitter that he recorded a song about being compared to George Reeves, who played Superman on television, yes. how George Reeves was always trapped in that role. Right. He was complaining about the fact that he, too, was trapped in this awful song called Superman's Ghost. I don't want to be like old George Reeves, stuck in a Superman role. I got a long way to go in my career And someday my fame will make it clear That I had to be a Superman Ew. Yeah. You complaining about the success you had? Using Superman to feel sorry for himself. Because he's rich and famous from the song that he wrote. Now what's worse than feeling sorry for yourself? And using Superman. Well, how about a song that's about feeling sorry for Superman? The Crash Test Dummies, of oh, course, God. with Superman's <laughs> song. Superman never made any money Saving the world from Solomon Grundy And sometimes I despair The world will never see another man like him, him, him. You need to go really far down the list to get to Solomon Grundy to, <laughs> to, I don't to rhyme re with money. I never remembered Superman ever fighting Solomon Grundy. <laughs> he was just a big zombie, right? He wasn't going to take over the world. No, he was a bad dude, but he fought like Green Lantern in a couple. Right, but that wasn't yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you got a song by an old guy complaining about his uh, feeling sorry for himself using Superman. You got a song about a guy feeling sorry for Superman. What could only be worse than a song where Superman is feeling sorry for himself? Oh, not a POV. The suckiest, Superman. the suckiest of all sucky <laughs> Superman songs. Five for fightings. It's not easy. Superman. I can't stand to fly. I'm not that naive. I'm just out to find. The better part of me I'm more than a bird I'm more than a plane I'm more than some pretty face Beside a train And it's not easy To be me It's not easy to be Superman, Eddie Jesus, that's awful <laughs> And Superman's feeling bad about himself. So there you go. Mm. Scientific proof that all Superman yeah. songs suck. You did the research. I did the research. I presented it in a clear and concise form. And the boys up in the lab ran the numbers. It's scientifically proven. They suck. That's science. Science! Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are... Why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday? For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, 
which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All right. On Tuesdays, what we like to do here at the Ralph Report is we uh, we take a look at the huge calendar that hangs here on the Batcave wall. Every day of the calendar year has holidays assigned to it. Mm-hmm. More than one. Yes. And so we do the public service of breaking down each of those holidays for you in a segment called Holiday or Holiday. Holiday or Holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. All right, January 12th, let's find out what holidays fall on this day. It's Poetry at Work Day, Eddie Pence. What? Poetry. You're supposed to go around reading poetry at work? Uh, you're not supposed to read it at work, Eddie. You're supposed, to, you're supposed to write it at work. What? That's what you're you supposed do. to be working at work. Do you fancy yourself the next Keats, Wordsworth, <laughs> or Shakespeare? They ask the folks from Poetry at Work Day. Do it on the clock. Here's your chance to let creative <laughs> talent shine. Whether you spend your days teaching children or tending to patients or closing Wait, deals, no. do not start writing poetry yes. when there's someone on the table. This is the time to exercise your brain in a creative manner and put your feelings and your thoughts down. On paper, in the form of poetry, Eddie Pence. So while you're at work today, work on a little poetry. Before you get that man a ventilator here, I want you to hear this. And while you're working on some poetry, take the time to update your resume as well. (laughs) Make it rhyme. Because the odds are, if you get busted, you'll be looking for a new line of work when the boss finds out you've been writing poetry on poetry. If you have to get fired at work for doing something that's not work-related, would you rather be porn on the internet or writing poetry? Poetry, Eddie. (laughs) Is meaningful. Bust me on Pornhub. Well, I'll be busting. Look, on it's work poetry at work day. So here, I'm gonna I'm gonna pen a little poem okay. here at work. Since While I'm at working? work right now, I'm, I'm supposed to be working, but I'm gonna come up a little poem. Okay, okay here we go. There once was a vice host named Pence, <laughs> who seemed to make less and less sense. He rejected great food, but in the right mood, sticking food up his butt would commence. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you have talent. See? And I wouldn't have found that out if I didn't try poetry try, at work well, day. I take everything back. Today's also National Pharmacist Day. Hmm. The day where we recognize and honor all pharmacists across the nation, Eddie Pence. The role of the pharmacist has changed over the years. No longer do they just stick in the classical form of lick, stick, and pour. That was, <laughs> that's what the old saying was for the uh, pharmacist. Lick, stick, and pour. That's a a porn. No, it's not. That's what they used to do. They would lick it and then stick stick it it and then pour it in. (laughs) That's why their coats were white. There weren't weren't self-adhesive labels back in the day, Eddie Pence. You had to lick the label for for the medication. stick it on. Stick it on the jar or the envelope and then pour it in. Just saying. It sounds like other stuff. But now they help uh, prescribe medication for patients. They help give you advice. I mean, when you go into a pharmacist now, it's, it's... Probably, you spend more time with the pharmacist than you do with your primary hair sometimes, healthcare provider. Sometimes, so uh, we have to uh, give a tribute to pharmacists everywhere. You know how Agatha Christie is, mm, <laughs> or Agatha Christie <laughs> Agatha. came to know so much about poisons for her murder mysteries. Eddie Pence was she a pharmacist? She was a pharmacy what? dispenser during the First World War. Why did they have to stand up on that elevated block in the back? Like they always have to be because they have to look down on you. Because you're nothing. I've never liked that aspect everything. of it. Um, Coca-Cola, yeah. Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, and ginger ale were all invented by pharmacists. Hmm. Okay. Before running for president of the United States, Hubert Humphrey. Pharmacist? Pharmacist. Wow. So that's a little, some pharmacy facts for you right there hmm. to help you appreciate National Pharmacist Day. <laughs> Tribute. Today's also National Shop for Travel Day. Brought to you by the Travel Technology Association. Start looking into your next vacation, they tell you, hmm. on, on travel. National Shop for Travel Day. Kind of a tone-deaf day right hey, now. Hey, read the room. <laughs> Here's the room. Take a read. Not going anywhere. Nobody can go anywhere or do anything. So maybe this year you want to retire pumping out your propaganda with uh, by your travel trip day, or whatever the fuck it's Make called. Make everybody <laughs> Making this feel bad. Today's also National Marzipan Day. Do you like marzipan? 
Uh, I'm not a huge marzipan fan. I like marzipan. Marzipan, for those who don't know, it is a, likes it, it's a confection that's made primarily of sugar yeah, or honey sugar. with ground almonds or almond oil or extract sometimes. They give it a little bit extra almondy flavor. Yeah. And it's usually cut into a loaf. You get it like pieces, like uh, fudgy kind of pieces, yeah. or you can cover it with chocolate, or sometimes they take it and they- uh, They sculpt it. They, they can sculpt make sculptures it. out of yeah, it. Yeah, they turn it into little fruits, yeah. and then they paint them and stuff yeah, yeah. with edible paints, and yeah, yeah. they're delicious. Yeah, it's all right. Where's the pan? I don't love it. It's okay. I'm like gaga over it. Glad I didn't reserve that for the food day. That's coming up. <laughs> uh, today's also Kiss a Ginger Day. Kiss a Ginger Day. The root or the redhead? The redhead. January 12th, everyone's encouraged to find their favorite redhead and give them a peck on Kiss a Ginger Day, it says here. Mm. Yeah. You I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to pass this <laughs> Are you sure you're going to pass? I think I'll pass this. Well, Olivia's a redhead. Go give her a kiss. Uh, she's, yeah, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> My very first was a redhead. Oh. Lost my virginity to a redhead. So right now, first and your last are redheads. Yes, exactly. <laughs> As we speak. I'm retiring. <laughs> Book ended with redheads. Book ended with the redheads. <laughs> Interesting facts about redheads, Eddie Pence. Yeah. Uh, it's a recessive gene, the red hair gene. It requires two copies for it to present itself. So both parents have to have the redheaded gene in order for it to result. And Damn. even then... Only one in four chances that they will have a redheaded child. They do a study like the gingers are going out of, uh, they're like sort Slowly of going extinct. Disappearing, yeah. yes. Only 1% of the world's population is uh, blue eyed ginger. That's Ooh, the rarest kind. That is pretty. Uh, most redheads have brown eyes, followed by green and then hazel. And less than 2% of the world population in general are uh, redheads. And most of them, by the way, interesting fact are left-handed as well. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. That's interesting. It's the only subset of uh, population where the majority is uh, left-handed. Hmm. That's interesting. So there's all your left-handed knowledge. So go out there and uh, kiss a ginger on Kiss a Ginger Day. As I mentioned, I'm going to be taking this year off. <laughs> all right, you know what we do at this point? We find Eddie Pence a food related to a national holiday and see if it's something that he's willing to eat or stick up his ass, then pull out. <laughs> Today is no different. We talk about the holiday, then we run the food past Eddie Pence, and how do we find out whether he would eat it or not? Well, we have a scientific device here in the Batcave for just that purpose. It's called the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. We pull the handle, and if we get a jackpot, that means Eddie would, in fact, eat that food. However, if the reels come up mismatched, mm. then... <laughs> He's not eating it. Disappointing everyone. So let's talk about today's food. Today's National Curried Chicken Day. Every year on January 12th, curried chicken lovers enthusiastically celebrate National Curried Chicken Day. They fill their dishes with a variety of flavorful spices and serve them to friends and family on National Curried Chicken Day. Now, if you're a true curry fan, don't reach for the curry powder. That's a shortcut. Oh. That's that's the way Whitey does it. <laughs> but if you want a true curried chicken, here's what they suggest. You stew the chicken in a sauce made from clarified butter, also known as ghee, onions, garlic, and then a medley of spices that make up curry powder like cumin and coriander, cinnamon, ginger, turmeric, and assorted uh, other chilies and tomatoes. And you just let that stew. And then what do you know? you got a beautiful curried chicken at the end of it all. Curry powder, by the way was a result of um, the uh, Brits who would go to India either to dominate the Indians <laughs> who lived there or fight over there, and they got used to the um, the spices and the flavors. They right. enjoyed it. So in order to replicate that, they started making and selling curry powder okay. in the U.K., but the original Indian recipe uh, remains the same. Now, it's not about whether you like curry or whether even I like curry. It's about Eddie Pence. Is he eating curried chicken on this National Curried Chicken Day? There's only one way for us to find out. Let's pull that handle. One curry, two curry, three curry. Eddie Pence is eating curry? Eddie Pence is eating curry? Eddie Pence. Now, oh my goodness. I cannot believe that you like the curry chicken. I wasn't a big curry chicken person until the the quarantine hit, and Tracy's been doing a lot of cooking at home, so mm -hmm. she started like ordering those those meal prep services where they send you all the ingredients and you make stuff. Yes. So she's been doing that for the past 
however long we've been in this quarantine. Right. And she's made some curry chicken dishes. And I, like, I was like, I didn't want to try it. And then See? But she made it. So I got yelled at. So I had to eat it. See, because you're always. <clears throat> and then you, then she or I right. step in and expand your horizons yes, a little bit a little bit so little she bit. made you curry she chicken? made me curried chicken like some i don't know what it, the exact specific dish was but it was a curried chicken dish and it was it was pretty good see so it wasn't see, bad Eddie Pence. <laughs> it wasn't bad i was forced to eat it you or gotta, sleep on the couch you gotta open up your things <laughs> <laughs> nope you gotta open up and then close it up <laughs> and that's it for today's holiday or holiday all righty now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news in a segment i call the show biz beat hey hockey comes back this week i'm excited however mike milbury won't be returning with it mm-hmm. if you know mike milbury or not longtime nbc hockey analyst has been Dismissed from NBC Sports, he will no longer be serving as a hockey analyst after a decade of service for the network. Hmm. Here's why. I don't know if you heard about this. I didn't hear about this, no. Uh, When the uh, NHL was playing its playoffs Mm -hmm. in the bubble, he went on national television and talked about what a great idea it was for the players to stay in the hotels and the the bubble and not have interaction with anyone else outside of it. They said, if you think about it, it's a terrific environment with regard to if you enjoy playing, enjoy being with your teammates for long periods of time, it's a perfect place. Not even any women here to disrupt your concentration. Oh, my God. What year is it in I, Mike Milbury's head? Christ. Well, you know, you can't have sex before a game. It weakens your legs. <laughs> no women here to disrupt your concentration. I mean, you've been on TV a decade, and you're, you're, you're in the media. You, you can't say shit like that. You'll find this hard to believe, Eddie, but some people took exception to that comment. God. NHL was not happy. NBC was not happy. And they finally said, you know what? This is what these companies are doing now. They're just like, fuck, I'm exhausted. I don't need more problems. Don't be another problem. And if it comes down to them or you, you're gone. Yeah, just put them out to pasture. Let that generation go. So he will no longer has to go. He'll no longer be the analyst for uh, NBC hockey, which is fine because he's a cock. (laughs) I never liked him. Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem, Hmm. apparently in talks to play Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz in a biopic about Lucy and Desi. That would be interesting. It would be nuts, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm trying to picture that. It's called Being the Ricardos, and it's written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, of all people. Hmm. He's a big fan of live television. He had that series on called Live at Studio... 6B or whatever. Yeah, whatever, with Matthew Perry. and It was kind of like an NB... Uh, like a Saturday Night Live, Live yeah, yeah. sort of homage. Um, this movie will be a during a week of production on I Love Lucy, from table read to shoot in front of a live audience and all the personal uh, stress and strain between Lucy and Desi that eventually ended their marriage. That would be well. interesting to see. I think so too, but not with two actors. Well, let me see. Lucille Ball died when she was 77. Which is the exact same age Nicole Kidman is now, I think. <laughs> seriously, Lucy, when she was doing I Love Lucy, she was in her 30s. Yeah, she was very young. and I don't know if she has the... Nicole, Nicole's a, f- over 50. Javier Dem also over 50. Why don't you just cast unknowns right. and let us imprint Lucy and Desi on, them, on those instead characters? Instead of seeing Nicole Kidman play. And seeing Nicole Kidman's Botox within an inch of her life's face trying to move. And I don't, I mean, she's a great actress, but I don't know if she can has the comedic chops of a Lucille Ball to really pull that off. Plus, you're going to have to give a Lucille-esque performance. You don't have to do an impersonation, right. but you have to do... It's got to yeah. be reminiscent of her. I can't see... I would pick a no-name to do this. Especially if Aaron Sorkin making it. That's, a, that's the name on the marquee right, anyway. that sells it. Hmm. I saw Bewitched the movie. We don't need Nicole Kidman <laughs> doing another comedy. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, here's more TV news. Sarah Jessica Parker. You may have heard Eddie Pence. She's coming back with a reboot of Sex in the City. Are they? HBO Max will have a new show called And Just Like That, The Further Adventures of Jessica uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character. All of them are coming back? Well, Cynthia Nixon's coming back. Okay. Kristen Davis is coming back. Okay. They're only missing one. Hmm. That would be Kim Cattrall. 
who has announced several times that she would never return to any future Sex in the City projects. Wow. Because she hates Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sarah Jessica Parker once reached out on social media after the death of Kim Cattrall's brother. Yeah. And Cattrall responded, took time out of her grieving to respond with this tweet. I don't need your love or support at this tragic time, Sarah Jessica Parker. Let me make this very clear. You are not my family. You are not my friend. So I'm writing to tell you one last time to stop exploiting my tragedy in order to restore your nice girl persona. What the fuck? Yeah, there's some bad blood. There. Holy shit. However, one fan about the new show sent a social media post saying, uh, "Hope to, happy to see you back, but we'll miss Kim Samantha. And Sarah Jessica Parker responded, we will too. We loved her so. So mm. she's not buying into the feud, no. but Kim Cattrall apparently She's is taking the high road on it, looks like. Yeah. Wow. Now you wonder why, after they said... They weren't going to do another film. First of all, Sarah uh, Jessica Parker said that because she couldn't imagine a third film without Kim Cattrall, who had said famously she wasn't yes. going to do it. Apparently, they can imagine a new series without her. Whatever. Well, Why do you think that is, Eddie? Bitcoin? <laughs> Maybe. Lots of Bitcoin. Each of them, Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis, are set to earn $1 million per episode. Yeah. A episode. Per episode mm. for the uh, new show on HBO. Money Max. talks. All it the is time. a 10-episode deal right now. Wow. They're all getting 10 mil. Yeah. So Jesus. I'm sure they will get over their missing Kim Cattrall somehow. Yeah. And how does Kim Cattrall feel? Knowing that she let her own bitterness get in the way of ten million dollars, ten million dollar pay, right? And she's had her show on Fox canceled. I think yes. just got yeah, canceled. It was awful. <laughs> I can't imagine hating anyone ten million dollars no. worth. No, I could work with practically anyone. You were with me for dollars. a fraction of the cost. <laughs> for a fraction of a bitcoin. <laughs> Speaking of money, Kevin Hart's new deal over at Netflix. You see that? No. Yeah, he is—he's uh, made a deal with Netflix to. Produce and star in four feature films uh, for the service. This is like the deal that Adam Sandler had. Yeah, uh, this deal worth a lot more, a lot more Bitcoin than what the <laughs> girls over in Sex and the City are getting. It's in the 150 million dollar vicinity. Jesus, 150 million dollars for four. That's films. nuts. Yeah. Well, look, his projects have grossed. I think four well, billion, I mean, billion dollars. Jumanji alone was huge. Yeah. So he's doing all right. Okay, let's take a look today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on January 12th. Singer Zach De La Rocha of Rage Against the Machine. He is 51 years old today. Kirstie Alley's 70 years old today. Your old buddy. My old buddy, Kirstie. Come on, Kirstie, unblock me. Let me read your dumbass, cult-filled tweets again. Feels like a Sex in the City feud going. I would work with Kirstie Alley <laughs> for $10 million. For $10 million. <laughs> I'd put aside all my Scientology rage and all my uh, Trumpist rage, and I would show up on the set with a smile on my face. Yep. We'd, I think most people would. Look who's talking seven. <laughs> I'm ready to star opposite Give her. me the hamster. And Travolta. Give me the voice of the hamster. <laughs> Whoever they got, I'm <laughs> signing up. Two of radio's biggest personalities born on the same day. Rush Limbaugh is 70 years old today. And Howard Stern is 67. That's nuts. Both celebrating birthdays today. Singer Dan Hasseltine of Jars of Clay is 48. They are a, a Christian rock band. Usually don't cross over into the mainstream, but they had a smash hit with this one. But if I can swim out Director John Lasseter from the Pixar world, Toy Stories and Cars and many other. Didn't he have to uh, be removed because there's some touchy-feely nonsense? I Something sounds familiar about that. I believe I he don't. was, yeah. 64 today. Oliver Platt is 61. Um, Matt Wong, bassist for Real Big Fish, 48 years old today. They're a fun band, yeah. that real big fish. 
Uh, model Vendela. Do you remember when Supermodel Vendela was everywhere? No. Oh, she was a big deal. When was that? You'd probably, you don't. You, have, you don't have a fantasy supermodel team like I do. I don't. It's the only fantasy sport I participate in. <laughs> I, I drafted her early on for my team. <laughs> She's 54 today. Issa Rae from Insecure is 36. Very talented actress. Uh, singer Zane is 28. He used to be known as Zane Malik from One Direction. Mm-hmm. But then he just shortened his name to Zane. Is that working for him? I don't know, but I'm not playing any of his music. I'll tell you that much. So it's not I'm not playing any Zane, and I'm not playing any One Direction because I don't have to. He's 28 today, but I will play something from a lady named Melanie Chisholm. You may know her better as Sporty of the Spice Girls. She's 47 today. If you want my future, forget my God, you dance around the house then oh, all the time. All buddy. the time, all the time. <laughs> and you don't want to know what I'm wearing. <laughs> nothing. Jalen Hurts jersey. You That's- wish. You wish it was nothing. <laughs> That's it for today's celebrity birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's TV Tunes Tuesday. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. On today's Ralph Report. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, you do. <laughs> today's cartoon, Eddie Pence, yep. ranked by TV Guide as the fifth greatest TV cartoon of all time. Mm. Now, I'm going to take you back. We're going to get in the Wayback Machine. Okay. And go back to 1968. At that time, a parent-run organization called Action for Children's Television began protesting what they saw as excessive violence in Saturday morning cartoons. A lot of these shows were made by Hanna-Barbera. So they canceled a ton of them in 1969, as did the networks that were getting pressure from this organization and others. And they decided they needed a more kid-friendly show to take the place of the shows that they had canceled. So Fred Silverman, who was the executive for daytime programming at CBS at the time, was very pleased with a show he had on from a a company called Filmation called The Archie Show. And that was basically uh, Archie and Jughead and Betty and Veronica, and they were also musicians. They also had musical acts in it. They had a hit song called Sugar Sugar that was in the top 10. I remember. And it was crazy because it was a fictional band with a top 10 hit. So uh, he said, that's what we need more of. That saccharine, sweet, awful bullshit. Give me more of that. So he reached out to Hanna-Barbera and he said, I want, I want another one of those. Come up with a show that is uh, kids and they're friendly and wholesome, but they're also a rock band. I also want music in it. So they started working on it and they came up with an idea called The Mysteries Five, a group of teenagers who were a rock band, but in between gigs, they would solve mysteries. Jeff, Mike, Kelly, Linda, and Linda's brother, W.W., along with their bongo-playing dog, Too Much. <laughs> so they, they put this together, and they presented it to the network, and the network thought the ghosts and zombies and other supernatural creatures in, represented in the art were too scary for kids. So they sent them back to the drawing board and said, rework it, make it a little bit more kid-friendly. And so they finally came up with a brand-new idea, that in 1969 took children's television by storm. Here's today's request. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Eddie. This is Alina calling from Mesa, Arizona, One Star General. I know you don't do birthday shout-outs or anything, but it is my husband's 31st birthday Tuesday, and I was just wondering if there's any way possible you would be able to do a TV Tunes Tuesday for him because he has not shut up about it for the last couple of months saying they called in for Scooby-Doo, it would be very much appreciated that he would shut the fuck up about it. I love you both. I'm so happy you guys are back and everything. Hope you have a great day. Thank you very much. Love you both. Bye. You're you're welcome, Alina. You're right. We don't do birthday shout-outs, so we won't do that for your husband, but we will gladly help you tell him to shut the fuck up. By talking about today's TV show, Scooby-Doo, or more importantly, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You?, which was the actual title of the show. Um, The original members of the 
Mysteries 5 that got reworked, of course, got changed into Fred and Daphne and Velma and Shaggy. And the uh, dog that originally was too much became renamed Scooby-Doo because Fred Silverman, the executive, loved Frank Sinatra. And he said, name the dog after what Frank Sinatra says at the end of Strangers of the Night. Call him Doobie Doobie Doo. And everybody's like, oh, that's fucking weak. Let's, <laughs> let's try to just massage that a little bit. Let's go with Scooby-Doo. And they ended up with Scooby-Doo instead. <laughs> Scooby-Doo debuted in 1969 and became an instant massive hit. The theme song, surprisingly, was not written by a longtime Hanna-Barbera theme song creator, who we had talked about uh, on this show many times, a guy named uh, Hoyt Curtin. Instead, it was written by two guys named Ben Raleigh and David Mook. They came up with the music and lyrics for Scooby-Doo. Larry Marks was the American musician and singer who performed the original version. Here it is, the theme song to Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? We got some work to do now. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? We need some help from you now. Come on, Scooby Doo, I see you. Pretending you got a sliver. You're not fooling me, cause I can see the way you shake and shiver. You know we got a mystery to solve. Scooby Doo, be ready for your act. So that was the original Scooby-Doo theme. Yeah. Now, in the second season, they started adding more music to the show. They would put in some bubblegum pop songs during the chase sequences yeah. when they were running around. And so they had the guys who were doing those songs, a duo named Danny Jansen and Austin Roberts, re-record the Scooby-Doo Where Are You theme song for the second season. And the only major difference, it's pretty much the same song, is they added a part which became part of the uh, Scooby-Doo lore when they're talking about Scooby Snack. They, they added that, they part, added, that's which I always loved. Because when I hear the original version, I'm like, they didn't say that's a fact. <laughs> so uh, it was a massive hit, as I mentioned. In 1972, they added a second Scooby-Doo show to the lineup called the New Scooby-Doo Movies. Do you remember that show? Not that's really. when Scooby-Doo and the Mystery uh, Machine gang were visited by a bunch of celebrities who would guest right. star okay. on yeah, the yeah, show yeah. as well. Whether it was Don Knotts or... Tim Conway or Jonathan Winters, The Addams Family, Batman and Robin, just a yeah. bunch of people. They had guest stars. And so they needed a new theme song, and that's when they turned their attention to Hanna-Barbera musical director Hoyt Curtin to come up with a brand-new theme song for the new Scooby-Doo movies, and it became almost as popular as the original. Not nearly as rocking as the original. No, but that's the one I remember. Yeah, because they used that theme for a lot of yeah. other Scooby-Doo projects as well. But I knew the lyrics from the first one. It's it's it, weird. We've absorbed it through osmosis yes. for the past 40 years. Scooby-Doo, the character, is one of the most animated characters in history. Hmm. I could be here all day playing you <laughs> Scooby-Doo themes. Here's here's the, a small list of Scooby-Doo projects. If you ignore the live-action films yeah. that were also massive hits... This is just the animated sequels and reboots. Well, you remember Scooby-Doo had a cousin called Scooby-Dumb. 
And he had a nephew called Scrappy-Doo. I remember Scrappy-Doo. Fuck Scrappy-Doo. I hate it, fucking Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> but here's a small list of some of the shows featuring Scooby. Scooby's All-Star Laugh Olympics. Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo. The new Scooby and Scrappy-Doo show. The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. A pup named Scooby-Doo. What's new, Scooby-Doo? Shaggy and Scooby-Doo get a clue. Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. Be cool, Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo and guess who? <laughs> the, they, Anna-Barbera and Warner Brothers has milked Scooby-Doo more than an, and practically any other character in their life. He's their Mickey Mouse, right? The Hanna-Barbera Mickey Mouse, Pretty basically. much is. Getting a lot of mileage wow. out of old Scoob. So that's it for today's TV Tunes Tuesday. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. On today's Ralph Report. You like like that one? Yeah, you like (laughs) Scooby-Doo, don't you? That's it for today's show. Now Lena can tell her husband, shut the fuck up. right. They did Scooby-Doo. I want to hear that. Let it go. (laughs) I want to hear her. Yeah, Lena, call back and let us know how that conversation goes, (laughs) won't you? (laughs) Thanks for joining us today, kids. That was a fun one. Tomorrow we're going to do it all over again. It's going to be just as fun, in my opinion, because Wednesdays are always fun here on the show. Because every Wednesday... There's... I know there's a thing with you, too. One-hit wonder? You goddamn right! We're going to find a a smash hit song and talk about the artist that created that hit, although was never quite able to recapture that level of success again. Mm. Much like Larry Marks, who sang sang Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Yeah. He got replaced after the first season, and we never heard from him That was the lyrics I remember, but I know the other song better. Absolutely. Weird. Uh, Also, more your phone calls tomorrow, more entertainment news. Steve Ashton will be stopping by with a UK update. We got lots of fun in store for you tomorrow but in order to get back safely you got to take care of yourself and that means if you can stay the fuck at home sanitize and wash those hands be good stay good in the hood a little distance wouldn't hurt stay sweet at six feet yeah life is life it is indeed <laughs> and we'll talk to you tomorrow until tomorrow love you mean it bye <laughs>